first question we asked everybody, uh, when you first got to the WNBA, who was the first person to bust your ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's probably a long list. Um, there's legit a long list. I mean, when I came into the league, it was still, you know, Cheryl Swoops and Lisa Leslie were still dominating. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm lucky at that point guard spot. I don't have to guard a lot of them. <laughs> right. But it's actually the first time I remember thinking like, holy shit. Like, I, I have no chance. It was actually my second year. Mm. And it was when Su uh, Cynthia Cooper came back. Oh. So she had retired. And then she came back. And she only played. I think she got hurt. So she only played, like, 10 or so games. And we happened to be one of them. Yeah. And somehow I got switched on to her. And I had heard. I had yeah. heard about her in and out. I'd heard, it's like legend. I'd heard about it. And then I, I was just, it, she did Stop. it. And I was just standing there. <laughs> and she just went literally right by me. And I was like, well, there it is. Yo, 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 we back live on location. We out here in Seattle, Washington, the blackest one. We got a very special guest, man. Don't be alarmed. Y'all might be hearing seaplanes and boats aboarding and all type of things going on. But this is the beauty of being back. We came out here for one reason, one reason only. Four-time WNBA champion, five-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time national champion, four-time FIBA champion. Too many awards to keep going. But without further ado, we got Seattle Storm's own Sue Bird, the legendary GOAT, y'all. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I mean, thank you for coming to Seattle. That's the real <laughs> yeah, thank you. Slid through. We ain't been out here in so long. Do you remember uh, when you first heard that it was going to be a, a WNBA? It was going to be something after college? Yeah, absolutely. I was, um, it was my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of when it first got put on the map. And and I like to to think that my my class, my year, we were kind of the first class that chose a college based on knowing there was a WNBA. Like yeah. it wasn't like, oh, maybe you'll go overseas when this is yeah. done. Let me let me choose this school. It was like, oh, what school can I go to that's yeah. gonna help me get ready for the WNBA? What yeah. what 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 high school class was that? Ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Same as me. I got a question, right? Because <laughs> I, I we was talking about this. Was there a women's a, a female's McDonald's All American game then? No. I told I didn't think yeah, it was because yeah. I didn't remember like how yeah. you see now nah. all of the guys and the girls that are together in the you know the dual three point contest. Like I was like, we I do not remember any females. Nope. We how had, does that um, feel to not have that and then now it's all there? <laughs> oh, I think it's great. I don't even think about it. We had like the Nike All American camp and then we, or not camp, sorry, game. And then there was like something else with the WBCA. Yeah. But no, we didn't do I don't think the McDonald's came until like yeah. I don't even know, five, six, seven years later. Christ the King. Yep. You transferred from another school and went to Christ the King. What year did you transfer? After my sophomore year. Oh. So what made you years. transfer from your school and go to Christ the King? Um, it was kind of like a combination. Like one part was my parents got divorced or separated at the time. And so that kind of like, you know, my dad moved, blah, blah, blah. But like, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like my dad moved to Queens. Yeah. For, right. Like he moved there because Christ the King was right there. And so that's the second part of it is basketball. Um, I played for an AAU team that was based out of CK. So it's like, I knew the coaches, I knew all the players, like they were my friends. So it really was an easy, easy adjustment. Was Lamar there when you were Oh yeah. He was only there for like a month though. Uh -huh. That's when he went to um, Troy. 
Yeah, he went. Oh, that's yeah, right. he was only there yeah, like a month or two. Yeah. Oh, was Omar Cook there? Oh yeah. The, he came. Yeah. That's he came. My... That's my guy. My year. <laughs> oh, I, I already know your story, <laughs> in Omar. You were <laughs> supposed to be. You were supposed to be at St. John's. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that still hurts my feelings. Yeah, I was. I wanted to go. That 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 midnight <laughs> madness took over me, and I said, "Yep, I'm coming." <laughs> I'm tripping. She is, she's a fellow '98 state champ like me. You know what I'm saying? Just shot town, New York. You know. You're a young boy. I've been raising him up <laughs> Ever since, since forever. Yeah. So how how was it like in in high school when um you know this is a historic high school and to win state championship in New York for there? How was that? I mean, it's like what was expected. Like you guys had Shamiqua on here. Yeah. So you probably already <laughs> talked about that. Like yeah. Christ the King. It's like you go there. That's that's what's expected. Yeah, that's Anything what else do. is yeah, it's like a failure. So for me, I was just I had come from a public school on Long Island, like. We were lucky if we made it out the conference, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was really, it was, for me, it was exciting to have those expectations. It was cool. Like I said, to go to another school and go to a school like Christ the King, was you going to to test your game out? That was like one of the main reasons, like, man, if I could play one of the best schools and get playing time, I know I'm, I'm good enough to play on yeah. another level. Yeah, yeah. A big part of it was, like I said, I played with the AAU team, so I kind of knew like what was what, and I knew that this was going to help get me um, like more looks for college, get me a scholarship, and more than anything, prepare me. I always joke, like when I got to college, like my high school team, when we went on the road, not not like a one like a one game road game down the right. down the street, but if we like we went to California yeah. for a tournament, we went to Ohio That's for crazy. a tournament, yeah. and we had like pregame meal, like we were having shoot arounds, yeah. like that wasn't normal for high school. So when I got to college, if all that stuff felt really normal, same routine, yeah. Could it have been anybody else but UConn? Yeah, there were some schools that snuck in a little bit, but that one was always number one. <laughs> what, what was what was it about Gino that made you like like UConn? Because you kind of like you know it's Rebecca Lobo, Keisha Sale, but but your era kind of started the. the <laughs> Can the, you say going. that louder? Because we we try to tell them all the time. I'm yeah, like, I'm pretty like, sure it like, might be our class that kind of set things off a what little made bit. Made me fall in love with UConn basketball. I love Keisha Sale. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Rebecca Lobo was the you know the the man there, but Lakeisha Sale was like that glue yeah. person. But when you came, it like started, you know, it's time now. We finna run off and, and, and make a historic, you know what I'm saying, university. But how was it with Gino? What made you choose Gino to be your next coach for the next four years? Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, he's he's got charisma. There's, you know, he's got something about him that when you're around him, like he's, uh, I don't know. You just, you want to learn from him. You want to hear his stories. I mean, now I don't want to hear him anymore. I've heard yeah. he repeats them all the time. It's like the same stories. But, you know, when it was fresh, all his stories, like you want to be around him. You want to learn from him. And then, you know, you bring up Rebecca, you bring up Keish, and it's like they had already won. So they had yeah. won in 95. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting recruited in like 97. So they're kind of the, Keisha was a senior on my visit. Yeah. So I'm looking at her like, okay. <laughs> um, and it just, I mean, it's going to sound so kind of cheesy, but it just felt right there. It just felt like I felt like that was who I wanted to play for. This was the school I wanted to be at. And my class, we were kind of like talking behind the scenes. You know, yeah. there was Tamika Williams, Asia Jones, Swing Cash, Kirsten Walters. Um, and everybody was kind of, Tamika was kind of the ringleader of it all. She's like, are you going? Because I, I mean, are you going? Hey, what are, are you going? Because if we all go. Yeah. And then it just kind of happened that way. And you said this was like the first time you feel like you guys started to choose school depending on like, oh, I can get to the league from here. So everybody kind of had that feeling from from Gino and the whole university. Absolutely. Because, I mean, again, Rebecca Lobo, Carol Walters, um, people were at Jen Rosati. Yeah. People were at that time it was kind of ABL. 
but now Rebecca was with, with the WNBA and people were getting drafted. So when our time came, you know, and we're heading into our senior year, our senior year's finishing, I remember being at Rita Williams' apartment with Nikisha Sales and them hmm. kind of telling us like, hey, this is what you want to look for in an agent. This is what's going to happen when you get drafted. This is what's yeah. going to be like when you get there. Crazy. And that's like super important. Like you yeah. need people to help guide you. How was Coach Chris Daly? She, um, so she's kind of like the backbone of the program. You know, everybody obviously talks about Coach Ariyama, rightfully so, but she's been there since day one, day literally. One. Yeah. That was his first hire. You know, she's the associate head coach now. Um, but like, I don't know, all the little things, like just the way we present ourselves, the way, the, the, the way in which we play. Like the one thing about Connecticut that people don't, maybe not understand, it's like, they, they aren't just more talented. Yeah, they have they have a lot of talent through the years. It's not that. Like we outwork teams. Yeah, you like, still gotta win. Yeah, yeah, like we play hard. And that is C D. We call her C D. Like mm -hmm. that is C D. It's like she's the one yelling at us to sprint. She's the one yelling at us to, you know, play harder. And so in, in a lot of ways, like I said, she's the backbone. And and the the program wouldn't be the same without her. Zero doubt. That makes me think about C B when he always yelling Karan Butler. Uh, you think you can't, you can Like I say, man, you don't get out of here with you're right. I mean he's right though. <laughs> That's his favorite. Oh, quote. I love Karan. <laughs> when Karan's was it for you to realize when you and Gino started clicking? When when it was like, I already know what he thinking and what he finna <laughs> say before he even said, I already know what we supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. I know it. Like, yeah. so when was that when it clicked for you and him click? After um, being blamed for everything. Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, that starts the journey. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's like a couple parts to it. Like one, I was really, in a way, the injury sucked my freshman year, but I was lucky I got to just watch. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got to learn a little bit of like what it was and what he wanted. A lot of it was that conversation where he pulled me into the office and was like, everything's your fault. But what he was really good at, he's really good at like connecting with people. Like, that's what makes him a great coach. Um, I joke with him all the time. I'm like, it's not your X's and O's. Those are like, okay. <laughs> but it's really his, he just has an incredible knack for understanding people, learning people, knowing what's going to make you go, make you, like he knew he could, he knew he could, he could like push me in different ways, but he knew maybe with Swin, he he was going to get to her in another way. Yeah, and with well. Asia, another way. Yeah, he mm. just had this. So I think for him, he knew that by like, staying connected, like have, calling me into it. So like sometimes you go in the, the offices and he would see you walk by his office. And, oh, Sue, come in here. And you're like, damn. <laughs> but I think he knew by doing that with me, it was going to help me like, there was going to, a trust open was going to be built. Yeah, yeah built. Up. And that, and I, so I actually think it's him. It wasn't like a moment that clicked for me. I think he like did that intentionally with me. Mm -hmm. And then our relationship was able to grow and that gave me confidence to go out there and kind of like be that, you know, connector from coach to team. So you get there. What was uh, what was it to start start like? Y'all went, you went a hundred and thirty six and nine. Like, <laughs> that don't even sound what, real. what was it to to start like that that winning pedigree? Like the because uh, you know Tennessee is is a powerhouse. All these other schools are powerhouses too. So what was that like to start that pedigree from your freshman year and to keep it going for like four years? I mean, that's just Coach Ariyama just never letting you think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> like always making you feel like shit about yourself in like a very, <laughs> in a very good way. Just never being satisfied is actually the better way to explain it. Um, so every day, and our, my freshman year was, was, was rocky. So, you know, you read, you read out the record of those nine losses in like my classes four years, five of them came 
mm. in that freshman year. So it was it was rocky. There was a lot of injuries. A lot was happening. And every day you showed up to practice and you're just like, oh, what's he going to do to us today? Mm. You know, is it going to be eight on five today? <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like we're going to have to figure that out. Like what's going to happen? He always was just throwing stuff at you. And then you kind of start to realize like, okay, the harder it is and the more you kind of beat him. Yeah. Like he's going to set it up to, to be impossible. And the more success you have, like then you start to feel confident about it. And then that's like as a group, you just start to build that confidence. Our class did. And you fast forward a couple of years, we add Diana Tarazi's class to the mix. So it just it just it just keeps going. When did you accept being a leader? Like, because uh, you know, to be a leader, you gotta accept to be yeah. a leader. Like, this is my role every single That's year. That's a great question. Whether I'm the best player or well, I'm the worst player, my role is to be a leader. When did you accept, like, man, every team, everywhere I go, everything I do? I gotta be a leader on this team. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I've never been asked it like that. Um, it was uh, going into my sophomore year. So my freshman year, I tore my ACL. So I actually didn't even play. I only played eight games. I didn't really have like a like a full freshman year. But coming into my sophomore year, it was kind of like, okay, like you need to be the point guard. You need to be this. You need to be that. And Coach Ramo pulled me into his office, and he basically was just like. Everything that happens is your fault. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, if so-and-so passes the ball out of bounds, that's on you. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't get it. She's in the game of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She, she probably did that because, you yeah. So in the moment, I was like, this guy's crazy. But, you know, looking back, I can see, like, that's what he was trying to get me to do is take ownership of everything. And then he also challenged me to kind of like break out of my shell personality wise. Like I'm definitely like shy, dip my toe in the water kind of person. And he basically helped teach me to have two personalities. Like that can't be who you are on the court. It's okay to be that off the court, um, but you can't be like that on the court. And you have to kind of like be in the mix with everybody, like get to know everybody. And that's how I feel like all my leadership qualities, it started with those conversations. Uh, I want you to speak on Swing cash. She oh, was there. how much time you like, got? <laughs> that's my, that's my roommate. Okay. That's not my teammate. That's my roommate. <laughs> but skin, I mean, Swing Cash was one of them special players too. Mm -hmm. To me, she was like the Keisha Sales, that that glue person that kind of put everything together. Yep. Uh, how was it to play with with Swing Cash and to see how her career excelled to now? Oh yeah, I mean, I joke that Swin and I both we have like, I mean, sisters might not even. Do, like do it justice the way that we can I don't know get on each other's nerves yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like have each other's backs till till the end and and I say Swin in watching her whole career so I was lucky I got to play with her in college and she was a post player I mean when Swin she's not gonna want to hear this but when Swin shot the ball outside the free throw line everybody was like, <gasps> <gasps> like what are you doing you know like yeah. oh god no but to her credit from the moment she got to the WNBA, she went, and, and you know, you guys know, like, not a lot of people transition from the four to the three. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not tough. easy yeah. to be, like, your mindset, really yeah. like, where you're running on the floor, just yeah. everything. Swin is one of, like, two or three people I can think of who successfully made that transition. Yeah. And then fast forward, we won a championship here with the Storm in 2010. She was, like shooting the three at 40%, like like legitimately like a guard now. So that's, when I when I describe Swin, it's like a winner and someone who can do that, make that transition, that says so much about you. And she's by far one of my favorite teammates, like so easy to play with. Yeah. Tell me about, like you said, you know, we could talk about this. We went to college, we had those roommates and things like that. Talk about the difference between, you know, having a roommate slash best friend and a teammate. 
<laughs> because um, we know there's a big difference. Oh, I don't know if you do. You know, <laughs> you know, roommates like you're you're getting to know someone on, on like a, a different, different level. level. <laughs> <laughs> different level. You're seeing habits, and you know, Swin's a famous Swin story is. Uh, this is actually the year before I was her roommate. So it was freshman year. I didn't, we didn't become roommates until my sophomore year. And we had 6 a.m. workouts, grind, Ooh. like three times a week in the preseason, grind. I'm like, oh, is this necessary? Swin would get up at like 5.30 and iron her sweatpants. We are just walking to, to go, the— To go to the track? Yeah, that's how she was raised. So she's like, yep, I got to iron. And we'd be like, dang, Swin, it's 5.30. Like, what are you Killing doing? Killing them last 15 minutes. You can run the rings yeah. out of them, John. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was, I mean, she eventually let that go. I, everything, everybody needed that extra couple minutes of sleep. That's the 30. But um, yeah, you start, to, you start to learn things about people when you're their roommates. We always battled. Our biggest battle in the room was the freaking thermostat. Oh, uh, there you have she it. She wanted it there hot. You have it. I, I didn't need it cold. I need it cool, though. Yeah, like, so, like, and I'm like, I can't she, have it hot either, though. She wanted it hot, and she would go to bed with like sweatshirts, sweatpants. I'm uh, like, dang, like, you're, you're sweating me out, and you're in a full on sweatsuit. That was our biggest battle in the room, just because you had to, not to get too in the weeds on the story, but you had to change. The only way you could change it was through the phone. It was like this elect, like this system. Wow. It was on the phone. You dialed in, blah, blah, blah. So, like, we would both, like, be like, <laughs> Boop, boop, boop. Like secretly, I'd be like, temperature 69. She would be on the other side, other side of the room, temperature 75. That is hilarious. So we had to like sneak up on each other. That was our biggest battle. <laughs> you got the opportunity to see the young goat come yeah. to UConn, Diane Tarasi. <laughs> Come in and you know she got a bright personality. Mm -hmm. I got an opportunity to see Diana when she was in high school at Jordan Camp, and it was uh, Santa Barbara. I know stories. You know, in this in this camp, camp, you know, you got the the little kids, it's girls and boys, Mm -hmm. but the girls they only go all the way to a certain level, a certain age group, and then you see nothing but boys. So she was the only one playing on the highest level that was a girl. And she won MVP. They like won the thing, and I was like, "Man, who is her?" So I went home and told my mom about it because, like, the only person I knew was Cappy. Yeah, that I seen all the time. That was dope, and I followed her. And to see her come on campus, and you know, young Golden and Diana Taraji. How was that that first year to get Diana <laughs> on your team? Um, well, you said it. Bright, bright personality. Um, you know, back then she was just. I mean, like, what you see now is actually a milder version, if you could imagine, yeah. you know? But, like, back then, she was wild in, like, all the good ways, <laughs> yeah. you know? Just, like, funny, wanted to party, hang out, have a good time. Obviously, basketball was super important to her, but she had—she still does, but, like, back then, she had this flair about her game, like, yeah. trying to throw around the back yeah. and Magic Johnson-like. So she just—that was, like— she I mean, the it factor. Yeah. Oh, oh, from you knew immediately. Yeah. You knew uh, on her visit, we were like, oh boy. She's special. We're like, she's special. She's special. And she is. Yeah. I mean, she really is. She's she's so unique in, in how she plays the game, approaches the game, but then as a friend, like her personality, um, just so much fun to be around. So that was her freshman year, though. It's another player. Um, it's fun for me that I got to watch. Yeah. Like all these great players, like really kind of mature and grow into themselves. To win a championship with her, how was that that year to win a championship? And yeah, a dominating I mean, team that year because y'all dominated that whole year. Yeah, so that was that was after. So her freshman year, she, we didn't do we didn't win. So it was it was the next year where that kind of like 
set us up. We were all pissed off. We lost in the Final Four. <laughs> she had like a trash game. We all had trash games. But I think for her, she like famously went like something crazy, like one yeah. for 15 or one for 20, mm-hmm. like really bad game. But I think if you asked her, she's like, that's the moment, like kind of set it all up. To, you know, to never want to feel that way again, to like motivate. And then the result was was what was my senior year, her sophomore year, we went undefeated. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, I, I, I know I'm sure people would argue, I think it's the best college team ever. Mm. I really do. How was it for you to, like you said, y'all go undefeated, do all of that, you national player of the year, Big East. How, how does that feel coming from, like you say, your freshman year, the the injury, not mm-hmm. playing a whole lot, and now you're the leader, and now y'all doing all these great unforeseen things. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was so he he really never Coach Ramon never let you get comfortable. <laughs> so it's like I I don't remember ever feeling like oh I'm the shit now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't remember feeling yeah. like that. Yeah. It was just like I am the prize. We're on a mission. This is what you know. Yeah. Like don't don't yeah, you always gotta be go. focused. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it really wasn't until after the fact. You know, where I look back and like that injury my freshman year set my mentality for the rest of my career. And then I think that senior year is what kind of catapulted me to, you know, like you said, the player of the years and all that stuff. And then that led to being picked in the draft at, um, to come to Seattle. So it all kind of like started it off. Tell, tell me how, like like you said, for, it to, for you to not even really notice that and never really get a chance to stop and celebrate yourself. How did the way that, you know, Gino coached you and, you know, impact you, how did that propel you for the rest of your career for like, you know, when you do get success, do you stop and smell the coffee or do you really just keep going? Like he, he turned, he thought he taught you to. Yeah. Um, I think you had, I had to learn to, to like appreciate what I was doing when I was doing it. <laughs> it happens. Almost a fumble. <laughs> yeah, dry on it. We got a blooper reel on here. That's definitely what's going to go on. Slow <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Like. <laughs> I felt some stain. Ask that question again because I thought you probably forgot what you had. <laughs> nah, I said, with, you know, with the way that Gino coached you and you know how you really said you didn't really get a chance to you know, breathe or, or, mm-hmm. or see your success until <laughs> yeah. really like your senior year. And that's, you know, you out of here. It's over with. Yeah. Like, how did that impact you moving forward with your career with enduring and, and gaining success? See, I'm kind of the same way still. Like, I feel like even now with everything, you know, that I've done in my career, I still feel like I have something to prove all the time. Like, it's never enough. It's never enough. Um, you could argue that's probably not the healthiest, but it's like, that's for good. me, it's what's that's worked. That's yeah, enough. for me, it's what's worked. It's like what makes the off seasons bearable. You know, like <laughs> I got to get in the gym because I got to get better because yeah. I got to prove something. Um, so that for me, it's worked. Yeah. For me, it's definitely worked. And don't get me wrong, like through the years, you know, I definitely take, especially after you win. Nah, yeah, you, I mean, you got to take the moment to yeah, like, yeah. enjoy it. So how, how was the, the tour when you won? Player of the Year, you won the Nancy Lieberman Awards, you, you won the ESPY. Shout How was that, that that whole tour of Wild. everybody, and, you know, getting presented the awards and, you know, you're seeing some of the stars that you see on TV being at these award shows. How was that for you? It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Top um, female athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, made the rounds. Um I think that was the first time I was on. We had chartered, obviously, in in college. But I think that was the first time I was on like the smaller ones, like yeah, a Learjet type yeah. vibe. I was like, okay, I can get used to this. <laughs> um, so it was fun, yeah. And like, I'm, you're right. Like, you go to Naismith, yeah. And I remember um, Jay Williams had won it that year as well from yeah. Duke. He's a little younger than me, but so he was there. And Raymond Felton had won it for the high school. Yeah. Mm. So he was there. So you're right. It's like that's what makes it fun. You get to see. 
all these different athletes. Um, obviously, shout out Nancy. I, I was able to win that one too. So yeah, just making the rounds, not having to finish school. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I'm busy. And then it happens fast for us. Like you finish the college season. Yeah, right into the season. Right, you, I was drafted. Like, like what, the next week or like, something? fast. I was a draft phase. Like, you know, everybody excited and they remember they, they want to have that moment of shaking the commissioner's hand. And you've been seeing it for a couple of years now on TV. How was it? Your experience of it. Were you it a was, lock for number one? Like, kind of. So that was like what people were telling me. But you never know. It's like yeah. it's being and it's not to say like my agent's not getting a call like, hey, you're going number one. And right. I can relax. Like, I'm just sitting there like everybody else. Like, so is it going to be me? Or yeah. at that point, to be honest, I think I would have been. I think I was a little more stressed that it wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to be number one because yeah. that's what all the talk was. So yeah. if it didn't happen, I would have been like, oh, God, that's yeah. embarrassing. Um, but then simultaneously, I had also heard rumors that New York was trying to trade for the pick. Yeah. Ooh. So I was like low-key hoping that happened. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, home. at the time, yeah, Seattle felt far. I mean, it's far. I know it is. No, it's far, yeah. So it felt <laughs> really far sitting in that green room. I was like, dang, Seattle's far. Um, but yeah, but when, when my name finally was called, there was a little bit of relief. But then, like, the excitement starts to set in. You start to realize, like, what it means. How much did you stress about what you was going to wear? I mean, not at all. We like, we, I'm not joking. I think, you know, cause like I said, I was lucky. I was three other classmates also got drafted. So the four of us, we like hit the mall down the street from school, like probably went to express and we're like, all right, those pants, that shirt, whatever. Like it wasn't, the, I mean, now it's totally different. Yeah. Oh, now. Yeah. I can't even uh, imagine the so. stress. How awesome was that though, to be able to go through that experience with, with teammates. Yes, that yeah. means like three, four of y'all all doing the same thing at the same time and experiencing and being able to bounce off each other how was that it, life-saving like because you can imagine right like you guys were both like that's how we got drafted we had three other guys that we were already knew keon me him Corey, same age everybody out the starting block so yeah so you're in together. that green room right mm -hmm. you're in that green room and you're like cool we can hang out you know what i mean like you kind of like tag along with each other you're, you get to go through it you're not by yourself because yeah. that could be just kind of like intimidating nerve-wracking yeah. yeah. sitting there by yourself not knowing anybody so it was it was amazing to go through it with three other people. So now you're in Seattle, you, you you get picked and and you're a professional now. How was it your first trip to Seattle? Yeah, it was, I mean it's far. And and the first thing, so I mean, R.I.P. the Sonics, the first thing I did when I landed, it was great, actually. I landed, they, like, picked me up in a limo. They're, like, trying to show out a little bit, which was great. Um, and the Sonics were in the playoffs. Yeah. And I want to say they were playing, if my memory is legit, I think they might have been playing the Spurs. Mm -hmm. So we go, like, straight to a game. And at the game, they have, like, media set up. So they're going to introduce me. I, like, hold up the jersey, that yeah. whole thing. And they're kind of preparing me. I'm a, This is going to be, like a little bit of shade towards the Seattle media for a hot second, but they were like preparing me for the moment. And they're like, listen, it's going to be a lot of media, but don't worry. Like we, we'll, we'll control the situation. But when I was like, okay, cool. I've just come from university of Connecticut. Right. Like where after every game, it's like a room full of media. Yeah. So I was expecting like what a lot of media meant to me. Yeah. It wasn't the same definition. <laughs> I walked in, there was like five people. I was like, <laughs> is everybody else? Yeah, is everybody else coming? Or should we wait? Like what's <laughs> So that was my my first intro um to to that. Yeah, it's getting better though. Were you aware that you were the, you know, the first UConn woman to be the number one overall and you kinda kicked it off, so to speak? I don't even, I didn't I don't think I like logically knew that till this moment. 
That's crazy. That's a bar when you think about yeah, no, that's wild. the list that you guys have that's doing what y'all are doing. No, that's crazy. I mean, I'm probably also like the first class of WNBA draft, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> the success of your, your first year and, you know, the, the highest league possible, just the best of the best. How was that for you? It was unexpected. Yeah. Like if I go, if I like fast forward to the end of the season, I rem- I like vividly remember just getting to LA. We were playing LA in the playoffs. I get off the plane and it's a two one two number. So I'm like, oh, two one two. I'm like New York. Hello. And it was Renee Brown who used to work in the WMA office, and she's like, "Hi Sue, Renee Brown. You know, just calling to let you know, like, congratulations, you've made WNBA first team." And it didn't even like process. Ooh. I was like, like, oh great, cool. That is the most unexpected phone call I've ever gotten in my life. Because yeah. that's like, that's top five in the right. league yeah. as, a as a rookie. I was not expecting that. I really had no expectations. I just went in there and played. Um, but I was really lucky to like right out the gate get matched or paired with Lauren Jackson. That like set everything up. Because that was kind of like, you can do all the comparisons like the Stockton Malone. Like mm. we just immediately clicked, pick and roll, let's go. And it was like a perfect fit. Speaking so it helped of, me out. Speaking of Lauren Jack, like a lot of people don't say it. No, we had Lisa Leslie on her and she spoke on how dope she oh, they was were and how, good, how much of a problem she was. Yeah. Like how, how good she was. Just talk about just how good Lauren Jackson was. So good. <laughs> so good. If she were playing today and the game is different. You know, it's funny. I, I just I had this realization the other day. Like, you know how, like, guys who played in the 90s in the NBA, they talk about, like, the rough, the physical, the fouls, and now it's, like, more free-flowing. Yeah. And I kind of, like, live both of that. Yeah. Like, the early WNBA days, like, rough. rough. And there was, <laughs> there was no defensive three seconds. Yeah. So she was just, it was yeah. just constantly, like, cutting through the lane was just, ugh. Yeah. And then now we're, we're, like, entering the more free-flowing. More skilled. So it's, like, if Lauren played now... This is like a six five, six six center that shoots threes Shoot and can threes, move do it all. and like got double teamed. Really, she's one of the few people in our game. Lisa Leslie's one. Yeah. Brittany Griner's one. Yeah. And there's there's a couple sprinkled in here and there. Tina Charles. Yeah. yeah. But like she's one of the few where it's like she got doubled every night. Every night she got doubled. And I just think that says it all. Yeah. She was, she was she so was, good. She was real good. I, I don't see why a lot of people don't really say her name as much because she. She was real dope. Yeah. Uh, another person I want to say, like, since we're talking about people, a current person that I feel like is so dope to me that I feel like she don't get enough credit is Jewel Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Like, how dope is Jewel Lloyd? Jewel's, like, the, like, that, like, next generation type player. Like, she's already ahead of that. Like, just the her handles, the way she can create her shot. It's, it's I mean, seeing her growth in the last couple of years has been crazy. This year, she's really starting to show like all that she has, I guess what the game kids call her, her bag. She's all up in there now. Um, but it's been really fun to watch her grow too. God, I sound like such an old lady. I'm like watching all these people grow. But Jewel is, again, like Jewel's really one of a kind. Like there's not many players in the WNBA that can do what she does, yeah. can do what Arike does. Yeah. Like just off the dribble, create, 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 create. Yeah. And when they when they get going, I mean, there's so many times in games where I'm just like, woo. I'm just a spectator, even yeah. though I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, that 40 a couple of weeks back, everybody sat down. She bring out 40 for her. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she nice. <laughs> How was it when you finally get to the to the top of the the throne here in the NBA? In 2004, you get to get to the championship and you get to win it. Like, what was that moment right there? You since UConn, now you back on top. 
So what's crazy about the 2004 championship, that was like my third year. I was like, cool, it's going to happen all the time. Like, this is what it is. This is what we do. Let's go. Like, I'm 23. Lauren's 20. Like, we're both 23. Like, oh, we won already? Yeah. Cool. And then we didn't get back till 2010, not even to the finals, got knocked down the first round every year. Mm. So that's what's interesting about that championship is like, I was delusional. I was like, yeah. cool, start the, let's start the dynasty. Yeah. And then reality <laughs> set in, you know, and the reality of pro sports, player movement, free agency, injuries, like just life, you know what I mean? And then, like I said, we didn't get back for six years. And in that moment is when I was like, I like, when we got back to the finals, really the last three times, I like squeezed. I was like, I'm not letting go till we win. Like, I'm not taking this for granted. <laughs> yeah. You never know when you're going to get back. Like, trying to tell it to the younger players. Like, don't piss this they away. Like, no, we got the squad. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to be here every year. <laughs> yeah, not the case. So when you first won, I remember that year, like, I don't think Seattle had a team no more then. But the crowd was crazy. Like, how was Seattle as a city? Nuts. When you won that first one. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> and I remember the crowd just being just extra hype at the games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, they were. Um, I mean, you guys played in Key Arena. Key yeah. Arena, they're like redoing it now. But Key Arena, there's just something about that building. It gets, yeah. I mean, it gets loud. So that year, um, the best part about that year, like that championship run, was we won on our home court. Yeah. Mm. All the other years... Because we swept. Yeah. <laughs> we won, like, away. Yeah. Humble brag. Yeah, right you know, there, just you throw know. that in there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that year, we won on our home court. So, it was, it was it's, it's, a, it's, I mean, your first is always going to be, like, a little more special in a way. Yeah. Because it's the first. But that makes it, like, just epic. Like, being in the home crowd, hearing the roar, it was nuts. Well, part of a basketball player's journey, they always want to win a championship, win a gold medal. And do all the other, get all the other accolades to play on the USA team and play with the best of the best, be one of the ones that's chosen to be playing. How was that to win a gold medal and play with the best? So that was, that was like for me, the ultimate. Cause even though I just said that, you know, my class is kind of one of the first classes to, you know, base their college decision on the WNBA, that wasn't what it was when I was growing up. Like, yeah. there was no WNBA. Right. It wasn't yeah. anything to look forward to. Gold medal was the thing. That was it. <laughs> like, you heard about play, people playing overseas. I was like, right. you know, you're, mm -hmm. I don't know, 13. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to hear about playing in Italy. Yeah. So, it was the Olympics. And then, you know, you fast forward to the 96 Olympics. I'm 15. I'm kind of watching that. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I see, I say this all the time. I see Jen Azy out there. Like, we look alike. I'm like, <laughs> wait, how tall are you? And you have a brown ponytail? Let's go. Like, we're this, we're like literally, I get Jen Azeed often. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure she gets Sue Birded from time to time. Like, we, that's how much we look alike. So I was like, oh, like, this could be me. Yeah. And that kind of put that on the map then. So to actually get named to the Olympic team, um, that that was like ultimate, ultimate goal. So as far as like, because you, you pretty much did a little bit of everything. You didn't want to, you know, world FIBA championships, you gold medals. College championship, WNBA, but you would say the, the gold medal. And what, overseas somewhere too? You won some championship. Russia. Yeah, Russia. I got so it sprinkled in. You would say, <laughs> yeah, you would say the gold medal was the ultimate for you. Yes, yes, 100%. How was it uh, this year um, with like how everything going on in the world and how they had to set up the Olympics mm -hmm. for y'all to win? I, I thought the TikTok video was 
crazy. <laughs> I just can't stop looking at, at DT. No one can. No one can. I could look at everybody. Just gotta keep on looking at DT. But how is that? It looked like y'all had a ball and y'all enjoyed y'all. So I think we did the best we could. Yeah. Yeah, because we couldn't leave. We were in a hotel, mm -hmm. so we weren't in the village. Um, I actually think they had more freedom in the village. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'd prefer that, but um, couldn't leave the hotel. They did set it up where we had like a lounge where the men's and the women's team could go, like TVs, video games mm -hmm. set up, whatever, whatever. You know how it is. But um, we we did the best we could. Yeah. Like we really did. It went it went pretty fast, but there were definitely days where it was like, oh god, we're mm -hmm. just stuck. It was like lockdown I'm tired part of looking two. at y'all. I need to yeah. see somebody else. <laughs> How was it for like Don Staley to be your coach? Like Don yeah. Staley, the great point guard, a point guard. But you yeah. say you watched Don Staley to be, yep. your, be your coach. How was that? That's like full circle a little bit because she was our team. She was me and D's teammate in mm -hmm. 2004. Mm -hmm. And like you said, she was on that 96 team. I remember her too. Yeah. She had the, you know, straight backs <laughs> yeah. in, the, in, the, in the gold medal game, like always had flair to her. And she actually, um, was my assistant. So my assistant coach in college, Tanya Cardoza, played with Dawn at Virginia. Mm. So all through my college experience, Tanya would be like, Dawn texted me. She said, you ain't got no left. I'd be like, damn, Dawn Staley said that. <laughs> <laughs> she, Tanya was just messing it with hurt, me. But bro. yeah, and then, <laughs> so the times I like crossed paths with Dawn through Tanya, it was just kind of that, like, it was just kind of almost like, I don't know, when someone, she wasn't actually taking me under her wing because we never, it was just, we were far apart. Mm -hmm. But there was definitely like a, you better work on that left, you know, yeah. like kiddo kind of a vibe. So I had known her then. Then we become teammates in, in 04 and I get to learn from her. I get to kind of see how she operated as a point guard, how she kind of led and controlled. So then the full circle moment is now I get to play for her and kind of have that, I don't know, I just think there's like a mutual respect there where... I don't know. We're just we know we're out there to win a gold medal. We're both gonna do whatever it is the team needs. And and because you have a respect in that way, there's a trust. And it kind of allows you to go out there. For her, I hopefully it allowed her to go out there, coach, coach, coach. For me, it allowed me to just go out there and play. Yeah. I, I love point guards and you, Don Staley, Teresa Wellspoon, Tisa Pranchero. Like them the point guards that a guy like me will always wanna play with. Yeah. To see, you know, your peers and NBA players and, and WNBA players, your peers to respect your game and appreciate your game and appreciate the way you play it. How is that for you? That's the, the biggest compliment you can get, I think. You know, whether it shows itself, you know, maybe you hear an interview where somebody's like, oh, I would love to play with, or right. I like watching her play, um, or like free agency. When you start, <laughs> you know, people start thinking about going to teams and like, oh, I want to go to Seattle because I want to play with X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't know that there's like a bigger compliment, you know, because especially for me, because that is what my game is. My, I'm not like, there's no highlights of me out there crossing someone up. Like I'm not hitting the step back three at the buzzer. Like that's not really my game. My game is like, how can I help make this group of people like play well the together? Best. And how can I help put my teammates in spots to be successful? Like that's where I thrive. And then, yeah, if I hit a shot here and there, of course, but that's kind of what I like, what I try to do, what I want to do. Um, so when people see that and, and kind of want to be a part of that, it's the biggest compliment. A lot of WNBA players over the years have had to go overseas and play and have that little time in between. Tell me how was it for you to not only play overseas in Russia, but you played for a spy. <laughs> like, how was that to play for, for a full-fledged spy? Like, an international man of mystery. Yeah, no, I mean, he had great stories. <laughs> he had some amazing stories. Um, 
that was, I think that period of time in my life is the wildest <laughs> I've ever experienced. Just, just, I don't, I can't, I'm not, I mean, I can't even put words around it. It was, it was a crazy time. We didn't really like know the extent of his spying <laughs> and he wasn't like currently one, yeah. but he would tell us stories about, you know, the life he lived and how he went to jail for being a spy and like all that stuff. And then now he was just a family man who loved women's basketball. He obviously had, I always say his name's Shabtai and he kind of, you know, he ended up getting assassinated. That's like the end of the story, um, which is, yeah, I know. I'm like, I know. Real to say the word assassinated stuff. is like <laughs> a lot. And he just, the way I describe him is he like, he just kind of wore different hats. The only hat we saw was like the family man and the basketball junkie. Right. And he was like working in a pharmaceutical company. Like those were the three hats we saw. Obviously he had wow. this whole other life, but he just really, his whole thing was, he treated us like performers. And he was like, I want you to never have to worry about anything. So when you have to go perform and the crowd is there to watch this performance, you're ready to go. And mm. we were like, okay, uh, we need and some you, you, chicken and some watches and some, no, I'm joking. <laughs> and you played with DT there, right? Yeah. How yeah, was yeah. that to play, you know, Amazing. was that the first time since college you guys mm -hmm. got back together? Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, listen, you're in Russia. Right. And this is like, I'm going to, this is like my version of the, like, when your parent or whoever is like, I had to walk to school uphill in the <laughs> snow, 30 miles, that whole thing. Like, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no iTunes. Like, yeah. I wasn't down, you couldn't just download a TV show. Right. Like, it was rough and, right. like, lonely, like, isolating. So to have your best friend yeah. and you're in this country where you're just kind of like, I don't know, you're kind of acting a fool because... Not not a fool. That's not the way to explain it. But you know how it is. You're in another yeah, country. Yeah, you're like nobody knows you, so you're just out there doing whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like even at the grocery store, we would be just cra cracking Cut up at loose. stuff. Yeah. yeah, like who knows? Laughing at whatever. You remember how we acted in another country? Nobody <laughs> knew us. <laughs> he was eighteen. Really I was nineteen. And let me tell you, it was not for, for social media or nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was, <laughs> The memories of that Nike trip was like uh, <laughs> crazy. So you know exactly Can't say what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you seen a generation. You see DT come. You see Maya Moore come. You see the success that again. Then you see Brianna Stewart come through UConn, and she's about to be your teammate. Yeah. Like this, talk about Stewart and just. It's called Perfect. rebuilding. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, that's like third generation. Like, so you've been here for a while, you know, yeah. to, to get her. How is it for to see her game, see how actually good she is and to be there to help out? Yeah. You know. So she's like, she's like Lauren Jackson 2.0. Right. Because right. it, it's like they're like one, like Lauren was like a little more low post. Stewie's a little more guard oh, outside. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like you're see what I saw in Lauren, I'm now seeing in this younger version. Like that. yeah. That's so and the sky's the limit, yeah. you know? Um, so what's special about Stewie is obviously her versatility and just like her ability to do it all at her size. You just don't see, I mean, there's like you have Elena Deladon, there's a couple people, but Stewie is special. And Different. I mean, my favorite part is and I've said this to her, I'm like, she literally saved my career. Like, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, the combination of her and Jewel, but her coming, Jewel came in 2015, and then we drafted Stewie the next year. And Stewie coming, it just changed, it really, like, changed the direction for me. Because yeah. in that moment, we, we really were rebuilding. Some people might say we were tanking, but we were rebuilding. <laughs> um, we knew Stewie was, you know, coming out of college, so there wasn't an accident. Yeah. And it was kind of in a position where it's like, if we didn't get Stewie, 
I was actually a free agent. Yeah. So there was like, I could have left. Right. And it was really like on the scale was staying in Seattle, finishing my career here. And and to be honest, like playing in the playoffs again. Right. Like if Stewie didn't come, I don't know what would have happened. So I, I tell her, I'm like, man, you've you saved my career. You like start you start talking to them knees. Come on, knees. Yeah. We got another come. About five more. <laughs> we got one coming. About five more need to go. Like, let's talk about injuries. Cause I had uh, knee yeah. injuries and you know, to come out for one and, and keep going. And you had some early. Mm-hmm. Tell um how how do you persevere through an injury and, and keep going? You played so long, you had to go through injury after oh, injury yeah. and to keep going yeah. and getting up every day to do it. It takes a lot of mental. So how is that? Um, it, I mean, so in some ways I was, so I tore my ACL my freshman year and then like five years later I had to get a microfracture Mm -hmm. and then a couple after that I had to get it to go. But the best thing that happened was when I got hurt in college, there was a teammate of mine, Shay Ralph. She had been through the ACL thing like multiple times. So it was great to have her just kind of in my ear, you know, like talking me through things, helping me through things, you know, you can't get... What I've learned with these injuries is like, you have to, it's like, you have to trick yourself in a way. Like you can't, yeah, you really do. Like there's two parts to it. One, when you're in the early parts, you have to remind yourself all the time, tomorrow's going to be better. Tomorrow, the next day is going to be better. You can't think about how it felt the week before or even how it feels in that day. You just have to like trick yourself into believing there's going to be a better day because there is, Mm -hmm. you know, like month one of rehab versus month five. You look back on month one, you're like, dang, I couldn't even walk or dang, I couldn't even straighten it or dang, it's going to get better. So you can't get down in those early parts. And then I think the other part you have to trick yourself. And this is kind of what I did um, in that first ACL rehab, which, by the way, set me up. This is where I was lucky that it happened young. It kind of set me up mentality wise for all the other surgeries I had to follow. It's like when you're starting to get back on the court, a lot of people can be hesitant, nervous. They don't want to hurt it again. And you just have to be like, fuck it. Right. What's the worst that happens? I, I tear it again. Yeah. But it's like you'd rather go out, you know, just doing like playing the way you want to play than playing t- timid well, and scared. Yeah. yeah. I always think about about uh, Jose Brown. He say that we be <laughs> coming to the gym tired on trying to lie to your legs, son. Yeah. Lie to your legs. Son. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be classy with that. But I wanted to go back to the like how you said how Brianna came and kind of saved your career. It's one thing like you guys all knew that, hey, we expect this and we expect that. But how was it when she actually got there and y'all hit it off and it's like, you can't even believe how good it is. How was it when you finally got to like actually experience it with her? Yeah. Um, yeah, we clicked on the court, off the court too, right away. Like it was seamless. It was easy. And we also had Jewel. So it's like, it was also, I was kind of trying to, like my whole thing with the storm in that moment was I wanted to leave it in good hands. And that those hands are, are Jewel and Stewie's. Chicago land area, shout uh, out. You know what I'm saying? Young Jewel, you know what I'm saying? You know, East St. Louis, stay over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love Jewel, Lord. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, for both of them, like, I wanted them to start taking ownership of the franchise. Like, it's yours. Like, in, in all reality, years-wise, like, it's more them theirs than it yeah. was mine at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was going to be theirs. <laughs> Um, and we had like a little bit of success, like pretty quick, like nobody expected us to make the playoffs. We did, um, which was great. And it kind of set, I don't know, just set the tone on what the expectations were going to be. And then really what happened was from year one to year two, Stewie improved from year two to three, she like skyrocketed. So she went from like a great player, probably first team 
But now it was like year three. Now she's MVP. MVP. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it's like a different level. And then that's the year we win. So just kind of the progression of it. Um, but it was pretty easy right away. I mean, she went from like a skinny little kid, <laughs> legit. Like I look back, sometimes there's some highlights. I'm like, yeah. whew, she was skinny. Yeah. So like, you know, she like grew into her body. She was like establishing herself. And that was. Yeah, she got, it seemed like she got extra aggressive the mm-hmm. second and third year. Well, she played in China. Yeah. I think that like China's like notorious. It's known that league for just being rough. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. she went and got her like beat up over yeah. there and then came back and was like, oh, this is easy. Right. You guys are barely touching me. Right. Yeah, but y- y'all won a championship in the bubble. Like, yeah. how was the bubble for you? The bubble, I mean, it's weird. So like, it happened. It was three months <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. And like, it wasn't until, so there was a documentary that Chenea Gumake did around the bubble mm-hmm. uh, called 144. And when I sat down to watch that, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God. It was like PTSD. I was like, oh God, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I never want to go back there. So it was weird. Like I don't look back and think of those things, yeah. but there are moments where you're like, oh man, like none of us want to go back to that ever. It was just, that's the hardest part, to be honest, was seeing all the other teams. Every time. Every day you're seeing the players and the coaches and the referees. Yeah. And it's not that they're, obviously everybody's cool. Everybody's nice. You're saying hi. It's not that. It was just, you couldn't get away. You just couldn't get away from basketball. You yeah. There was nowhere to go. It was a hotel with one pool and everybody was at the pool all the time. <laughs> so it was just like, you just couldn't get away. And then obviously like where our country was in that moment, there was just so much happening. It was like heightened emotions across the board and so much to be done. And I think everybody who who went there just left exhausted, like depleted, exhausted. So mm-hmm. when we watched that documentary, I was like, oh God, <laughs> all of us were like, oh, PTSD, <laughs> it's kicking in. <laughs> but we won, so it made it worth it. <laughs> but, uh, if you had to pick four other players to play with you, to play against Gino and the rest of the history of the UConn, <laughs> the whole history. Husky, Four who? other Huskies or yeah. just four other players? No, four, four other, other Huskies. Huskies. Oh. So who are the four Huskies that you would choose to go against Gino and the rest of the Huskies? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going out on a limb here. Um, Diana, uh-huh. Maya, Stewie, and then I'd probably go Tina Charles. I thought oh. that would go be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the number one picks. All the number one picks. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of UConn, let's speak of Paige. Have you been oh. paying attention to Paige this year and how she played? What do you think about Paige? Paige is like that next generation of player I think we've all been waiting for. That's how I see her. Like, you know, again, I've been around for a long time, so I've seen all these players come and go and evolve and this and that. And for a while, there was a little bit of like, for the last couple of years, there wasn't that like generational player. You know, like that player that you knew once they came into, like a Stewie, like MVP by year three. Yeah, Arike has signs of that for sure. Like leading the league in scoring, like that's special. But like, you know, the last couple of drafts, there wasn't necessarily like this generational player. And you heard about Paige, you know, her like sophomore, junior of high school. So now you you actually get to see her on this big stage and you're like, oh, that's the next. Yeah, like that's man. how I just de- I would describe it. She's yeah. just like, when she hits the, the WNBA and a lot of people in her class too, when they hit the WNBA, yeah, that's gonna, run. they're the gonna take it to a next level. The other girl is in Iowa, is it oh, Iowa? Yeah. Cole. Crazy. Cole. Yeah. This, this is what I want to know. Cause what do you think about Somebody like her, because you watch the draft, and they like, she would have been a top pick this year. So yeah. what do you think about that as far as, like, the difference between, you know, guys be able to leave out of, out of college One and stuff and early, but uh-huh. not in the WNBA or not in women's college? What do you think about that rule? Yeah, I so 
I don't think there should be a rule. They can do it in tennis, yeah. golf, anything else. Yeah. I, th- there shouldn't be a rule. I could sit here and have the argument. I could argue both sides. Right. I could tell you why she should stay. Mm-hmm. I could tell you why she should go. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I really could. Right. I see both sides of it. But as far as the rule goes, like, nah. There, there should, should be, be a decision. rule. Yeah, if she wants to do it, she can do it. That's going to be kind of tricky for you. Okay. Start bench trade. Okay. Ah, like uh, here you go. DT, Maya, Stewie. Yes, yes, thanks. This is not an easy one. Um... So what's going to make this easy is, you know, one of them is the homie. So she's starting. Diana's starting. Okay. Then there's another one who I played with Maya and Stewie, but Stewie's on my team. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to, wait, start bench trade? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll bench Stewie because she's still on my team. And then, <laughs> sorry, Maya. Yeah, I do love Maya, you though. You can't but, cut them. They're too good. To cut. Yeah, but, but she, has, is- she has high trade value. Yeah. So I'm going to get a lot back. (laughs) This is is an all-time. Don Staley, Mm -hmm. Tisha Panatero, and Teresa Weatherspoon. Start bench cut? Start bench trade. trade. Oh. Um, Don, Tisha, (laughs) Spoon. Oh, this is tough. Um, Are they in their primes? Yeah. All of them in their primes. Best of the best. Okay. So I guess I'll start Tisha. Mm. She's she has a championship, so it just it, it's a, it just gives her a little bit of. Oh no, she was all time assist leader when she left. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to look at like average, like I'm no fool. I have that record because I'm playing a long time. <laughs> her average, her slew, like out of this world. Um, so yeah, so I'll start Tisha. I'll keep Don bench Don, and then I'm sorry, Spoon. She's That's New York, York Liberty. Too. I know. Oh. That's like my first WNBA game. Was teaspoon at the one? Oh, I'm sorry, spoon. And she's killing it now with the pels. Yeah, ah. you know, as a former UConn and you know everything you've done in WNBA, how 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 was it for you from your perspective to watch Maya and her journey and her step away from the game and actually do what she did? How was that from your perspective? Yeah, um, I just was like proud. You know, I think there was a little bit of sadness in that. Like as a women's basketball player in the in this world, you know we don't. There aren't that many stars at the well, time. Well, nobody retired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like play as long as you can, please. Yeah, especially um, somebody she like She just her. had the Jordan wings poster. Yeah, like yes. that whole campaign had just come out, like the year prior, maybe. Um, and she was in her prime. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. there was like a little bit of sadness in that we weren't going to get to watch greatness. But you can't, you know, that went away quickly for me personally because it's like. This is what, yeah. you know, like what her calling, well. right. It's like what her calling is. So then, and then you, when you get to that point, you're like, dang, that must have been a really hard decision. I mean, or not, because it was just such a strong calling. And if mm. that was the case, then how do you be anything but happy, but proud? And obviously we see the end result. Clearly she's happy. Yeah. So that trumps everything else yeah, in terms of just, it's like basketball is a game. Yeah. That was amazing to witness. And like like you say, to know that you, to be at the prime, like I, I was terrible when I walked away from the guy. I wasn't good anymore. <laughs> like to be in your prime and yeah. say, I'm just like, not because you heard or nothing. Like that had to be like, like you say, even either way it go, would it be in a call? And I know for, for you to be at the top of your game, it still had to be tough to kind of just let that go. Not for no injury or not because your game deteriorated just because yeah. you were going to do what you were called to do. 
I want to go back to, to 2018 when y'all beat Phoenix and you had the broken nose and you, you know, you so did dramatic. your Steve Nash moment out there. <laughs> like, just just tell me about that, you know, persevering through that and, and enduring that and then being able to beat them and go ahead to the championship. Yeah, uh, I've said this before. I don't say it lightly. Like, that is by far the best moment of my career. Just hmm. all the, everything that was happening, you know, like I said, we had... You know, we were going through a rebuild three right. years prior, and I almost left because of that, you know? So now all of a sudden, I I guess what I'm trying to say is I never expected to be back in the playoffs as the favorite, you know, trying to get to the finals and then break my nose. I mean, ugh, such a pain in my butt. Break my nose, <laughs> playing against Diana, my best friend, right. but also, like, someone who's never lost in an elimination game ever, okay. like her or the Mercury. Um. Yeah, and then I, you know, the, the 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 way that story goes is I started the game pretty well, and then I I was not good. <laughs> I missed I missed eight shots in a row, like trash. <laughs> and Stewie just kind of nudged me in a timeout, or maybe we we're like about to go on the floor, and she was like, "Hey, use your legs." And I was like, "Okay." And then I score the next fourteen points in the last however many minutes, and we win. I remember so it's that just interview like, after. Do you, uh, yeah. <laughs> you talk a little shit to DT? No, that? I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I know her. She likes it. She feed, She's waiting for someone to talk shit to her. Like, fuel me, please. I told the team going into that series, I was like, nobody say a word. Just leave her alone. Leave her alone. <laughs> don't, don't say a word. Bear. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> it's so it's so tempting. Like, don't because maybe you get like you know like that one play you get where like I don't know you steal it from her or like draw a charge. You do that one play, you get hype. That's all she needs. That's all she needs. So I'm not stupid. <laughs> How does it feel to be one half of the most powerful couples in the world? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think of it that way. <laughs> People say like power couple all the time. We're both like, we're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all y'all mean a lot to a lot of people. A lot of people get joy in into your relationship. But how is that to be, you know, you always want somebody to appreciate your relationship and pre appreciate your significant other. So yeah. how is that and on a worldwide scale scale for people to love y'all <laughs> the way they do? <laughs> no, that that part that part means a lot. Because um, obviously, you know, we're a gay couple. We're able to live our lives. People can be inspired by that. You know, we also try to just be real. You know, it's like it's not always roses. We try to like, you know, show people right. that side of things too. Just be like a real couple. But obviously it is unique in that we're both like elite athletes in this way. We're both just at the Olympics. We yeah. both just medaled. Like it's insane. We understand yeah. that. Um, but we just try to have fun with it, for real. Like, we just try to, like I said, be ourselves and have fun with it. It's gold all around y'all house. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, she only has one. Of oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> the president hates my girlfriend. Like, yeah. uh, what What brought you to do that? And what? how fun was it to to do that article and yeah. do it on um, Players' Tribune? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was during Megan's you know, World Cup run where, you know, she said she didn't want to go to the White House and then, you know, Trump is, you know, tweeting at her yeah. saying like, oh, you better win before you talk, blah, 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 like whatever he's saying. And it was just like a really intense time, you know, because yeah. that's like a, that's a, I, I don't even know what the right word would be other than intense, like to have the president. Yeah. The especially the type of president that incites yeah. Violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have Things him, to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like have him tweet at your girlfriend in these negative kind of ways. So it was just like a lot was happening. And the irony of the article, shout out Players Tribune, who yeah. helped me write it. The irony of that is 
like the night or like two days before that, I was like, hey, Megan, maybe like you need to tone it down because <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you don't know what crazy, like there's like crazy people. Like you don't know who's going to try to like get our address or I don't yeah. know. Like, you know, like, maybe we can tone if it down. Anything, yeah. yeah. And then that article came out and she was like, oh, what happened to toning oh, it down? No. <laughs> I was like, well, someone had to have your back. <laughs> but that's really what the article was. It was, it started out as kind of this like, just, hey, let's get hype for the game. They had a big game coming up. Like, let's get hyped for it. Let's talk. Let's have fun. Like a that's and it really is like a fun article because obviously I don't play soccer and I'm kind of like making these predictions and I'm doing all this different stuff. But I it was great to kind of get in this this part of it where I got to have her back like publicly. Yeah, yeah that so was, was tough. Nice. Tell me this: you somebody that's like you say your career spans for over twenty you know twenty years and you you've seen from not the beginning, but early on in WA and, you know, a lot of the things have changed and been getting better for you ladies. How, what do you think of the changes with you being somebody who's kind of been able to be part of the seeing everything as it's happening and to where it is now? Yeah. I think the biggest um, change and the best thing that's happened is our league is just like embracing who it is, like who we are as people, what we represent. Um, I think for a long time we tried to be what we thought people wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was like super feminine or whatever the case, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you might hear people say that we should wear like, you know, tighter fitting uniforms, like <laughs> yeah, that kind of a vibe. Lower the rims <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. Lower the rims. Like early on, we were just trying to like, please, to try to get eyeballs on our game. Mm-hmm. And I think now we've really just embraced who we are, like oh. individually, but also collectively. Yeah. And you can see like people are just more drawn. To like yeah. a genuine product, like authenticity. Yeah. And I think that's been like a huge key. And from there, it can like, you know, all these all these doors are going to open from there. For like, again, like for individuals, like I could start naming names of people who have these amazing deals now and you didn't see it yeah. 15, 20 years ago. But also as a, as a league, you're starting to see like more interest. So I think that's been like a big, big, big part. I don't think they seen Brittany Grind if they talking about lowering the rim. Yeah, like, nah. You know, she drops Steph Duncan. Like, I, she I just, the rim. She gonna be <laughs> crazy. I just love the way, you know, a lot of the lot of WNBA stars are starting to, you know, use their platform. You got some of the young girls having podcasts and Candace being on Turner showing that, you know, they could do different coaching. things. And, yeah. yeah, coaching, teaspoon, yeah, yeah, being moms, yeah. all of those different things and still hooping and still coaching and doing all those things. So it's just dope to see them being, you know, giving those opportunities to step forward and show that they can do that too. Who are your favorite five women players? Like, you're not your top five, okay. just your favorite five. Um, Jen Azy, <laughs> number okay. one. Look alike. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard not to pick, like, some of the names we've already talked about because, obviously, Diana's on there. Maya's on there for sure. Um, people are going to start thinking I have a UConn bias. Um, <laughs> Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl Swoops. Um, I absolutely loved playing with Tina Thompson. Tina Thompson. Oh, yeah. I loved Love Tina Thompson. Now I'm just kind of thinking of them as they come to my head. Um Cappy's another one. Yeah. People don't talk about Cappy enough. She was like Jewel and Enrique, what I was talking about. She yeah. was them before them. You know bucket. what I mean? Yeah. Like, she hooped with us coming. That's yeah, what that, I was saying. Oh, when I, I saw I seen Enrique, that was the first. I was like, that's Cappy. That's Cappy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people said that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So those are, I can I could sit here and talk about this all day. Like, I can name <laughs> names all day. They uh, announced 25 more players for the all-time WNBA list. Mm-hmm. And three of them players are, are your former players to to be announced to that that next list and to see Swin and DT and Lauren be a part of that. Like, how is that for you? I think that's the best part. I think, you know, I could sit here and 
it's an honor. And I could sit here and talk about the honor of it. I think the best part is like both seeing, you know, your friends make the list as well. Yeah. You know, people you played with, people you won with, have all these memories with. And then seeing, you know, the Lisa Leslie's and the Cheryl Swoops and understanding like, I'm part of that group. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's who I watched. Yeah. I'm part of that group. So it's kind of like mind-blowing in that way. So I'm both like in awe of it all, but also like, oh, it's pretty dope. I get to celebrate with my friends that we made this, you know, amazing list that is incredibly, I mean, I don't even know how they picked. Yeah. There's so many, we could, I could sit here and name another so 25. Many, yeah. Like there's so many names that could be on it, should be on it. Um, so to actually be on it is is pretty incredible. Everybody love your swag, you know, your <laughs> shoe game, your swag, where you dress, walk. Where do you get the swag from? Is it Staten Island? Is it Queens? Long or Island. I mean, Long Island. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it? Where do you get the swag yeah, from? Who, who do you credit for the swag? Credit for the swag? I mean, I'm pretty sure the swag, like, got unlocked when I met Megan. She oh, kind of okay. helped unlock. Okay. I think it was like, you know, like we'll, we'll use clothes. Like I had the clothes are mine. She just kind of helped me, like put them together. Yeah, and gave me like really gave me confidence. She's like, wear it. Wear it. Who cares? Yeah. Like you look great. Wear it. Like and I'm like, okay. And then you start to see it. Doesn't even matter what you're wearing. Once no, you kind of like we make it look feel. good. Exactly. Because it's us. Do you acknowledge yourself as a as a as a uh, kind of like a sneaker icon? Like I see everybody be on you. What is Sue wearing? Yeah. And all of that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like yes and no. Um, I mean the the like the what I ha- how I say it how I joke about it like I literally didn't mean to be a sneakerhead like I just to get sneakers. yeah like I just liked them and like you I mean you guys know how it is like you get so much you get so much before you know it you, you look nice at your closet <laughs> yeah you're like oh dang and all of a sudden it spans over you know yeah. 10 15 20 years I've been playing so every year I get the re up on you know PEs they do a great job with my PEs for Seattle and then of course nowadays the culture of it all the last like couple of years, what, like three, four, five years has kicked up. And I was like, oh, I have, you know, so I have like, I don't know, like the De La Soul Dunks. Yeah. But I had the OG ones, you know, and then you just keep them in your collection. Now all of a sudden, it looks like you're wearing $500 pair of shoe on, <laughs> so, shoes on your feet. So, uh, you know, when you have a girlfriend, do you have the problem in the house of like, what are we going to do with these, all these shoes? <laughs> oh, these yeah. shoes can't take up all the closet space. No yes. shoes in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have that problem? Oh, yeah. We are we are in a bad place currently. <laughs> See, y'all both getting a lot of shoes, yeah. so it's not like you know. With us, it's kind of one sided. You know, my wife like yo, but both yeah. of y'all got the same issue coming yeah. in the door, <laughs> and we don't wear the same size. Uh, <laughs> it's killer. I'm like, I'm it's, I'm like a size and a half bigger. It's just not. Oh, and it's that close, so you can't even tell shoes from the, the naked eye. You no, walk up tough. to them like, oh, these two little. Oh, <laughs> naked eye. Talk about the box. It's like I'll open. I'll be like. <gasps> Hey, they just sent me the Saka. Oh, they're yours. Oh, that's the that is the death blow yeah. right there. Oh, gets me every time. All right, man, that's been a wrap. This has been crazy. We live on location out here in Seattle. The blackest one, the legend, the goat Sue Bird. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I get one time? Hey, we can always do this up on that. Look at that. <laughs> We want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 
You can also find all the episodes on the Player Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.